Hello and welcome to the Art of Adoption podcast, a place to share and listen to stories about adoption and to raise awareness and remove any stigma surrounding adoption. On this podcast, you will hear real stories from real people about how foster care and or adoption has uniquely shaped each of them as they share the good, the not so good, and the art of it all. I am your host, Amber White. Hello, beautiful people. Today is a bonus episode. It's sort of a follow-up from the episode that was released on Monday about our adoption of our first child, Riker. And actually, his adoption date is coming up this Sunday, the 13th. So we wanted to celebrate him by sharing our story. This Sunday also happens to be his birth mom's birthday. So that just kind of was a funny coincidence that his adoption day ended up being the day of her birthday. Speaking of his birth mom, today she is sharing her story with us, her side of the adoption triad. So let's just get into it. Here is Crystal. It was actually an interesting story. I reconnected with a middle school boyfriend over the internet back when MySpace was still a thing. He came to Oklahoma where I was living and stayed with us for a while. And that's when I got pregnant. I had an inkling at first and things were already kind of rocky between me and him. So I didn't tell him right away until I went and found out for myself. I went and took a pregnancy test was told that I was right. Shortly after, he was actually in a car accident. Crystal and the birth father had gotten into a fight. She had already made up her mind that she was not going to parent another child, and especially with him, as she had come to find out that he was a very angry person, just kind of mad at the world. He also has a very extensive criminal past and did not and does not have the wherewithal or stability it takes to raise a child. However, he thought that the baby was the answer to all of their problems. She told them that the relationship had come to a head and it was over. When she did that, he actually took her car without permission and ended up flipping it and running it into a tree. He had been there for a while before anyone found him. Uh, They had suspected some alcohol was involved and possibly drugs, but they never did a blood test or a tox screen on him to determine one way or another. He did survive the crash, though, but he ended up in a coma for a few months. He was in Oklahoma for about two months, and then after that, his family came and took him back home to another hospital in Georgia, and that was the last time that Crystal had seen or spoke to him. I, at that point, was trying to decide what to do. I already had two children of my own that I was taking care of by myself, a full-time mom, uh, working two jobs. And, you know, I love my kids. I love all kids. I just didn't want to get into a situation where my kids had a crap life because I couldn't afford to take care of them. And I was just getting to that point where I was on my feet, where I wasn't having to be on any kind of assistance. I was able to take care of it all myself and being able to do some fun stuff with my kids. And I was just worried that it was going to drag us back down and they would all suffer. And so I prayed a lot about it and God just popped that idea in my head of adoption. So I did some research and I found the adoption agency. I talked with one of the workers. 
he sent me some profiles of prospective parents and it was just like I knew I was then that that's exactly what I was meant to do. All of the paperwork that we fill out does actually serve a purpose. And one of those purposes are to put us into a certain category. Um, it could be married or not married, homosexual or heterosexual couple, Catholic or Christian, Democrat or Republican. Do they have kids or don't they have kids already? Are they willing to adopt transracially, willing to adopt kids with health issues or disabilities, etc.? This allows the agencies to narrow down the choices and really pinpoint certain couples before they send our profile books to birth families. It's kind of like a pre-screening of sorts. This way, the birth families aren't overwhelmed with too many options. Crystal said she received about six profile books from Angel Adoption. I think the easiest part of the process was picking you guys. Like I said, there wasn't a question. It was just like an aha moment. Like, these are the ones. <laughs> so... That did definitely make it easy not having to go through and, and agonize hours. Am I making the right decision? Are these people going to be cool? You know, like, yeah. So that, that definitely, I think, was the easiest part to me. When I opened that profile book, it was just like, it was like me <laughs> in another life. Like, I think that's what really spoke to me is I just felt like a kindred spirit. You know, I don't know if it was God touched my heart and just tell me that's where it needed to be or it's just because we do have so much in common. It just, I don't know, it just made sense. Like, I never questioned it. Even when you saw my mom wearing a Broncos jersey in one of the photos? <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as it wasn't a Cowboys jersey, I was okay. Crystal is a huge football fan, sports fan actually, but especially football. She's a Carolina Panthers fan and her husband is a Denver Broncos fan, which is probably why she chose him because she knew he was smart. <laughs> Just kidding. Especially with our current season. Ouch. Next year, guys next year. Crystal was set on the choice she had made to place her child and didn't want or need outside influences trying to sway her one way or another. So she chose not to tell anyone except a couple of good friends about her pregnancy, at least not right away. I didn't tell anybody at first. I am the oldest of five kids, but there's an 11-year gap between me and the second oldest. So my siblings, who are now all in their 20s, I was kind of like a second mom to them. And then as I got older, we got closer. Um, my oldest sister was the one who watched my kids for me a lot. And so when the day came near, I had to tell somebody because I had to have somebody to sit with my kids, especially if I went in to labor earlier. So I kind of told her like a couple days before, um, I was like, Hey, can you watch the kids for me? I got to go have a baby. <laughs> and she was shocked to say the least. <laughs> she didn't even believe me because I didn't look pregnant. So she didn't believe me at first. So, you know, kind of told her the story. She was the only one that knew until after the fact. My other sisters, my middle sister, I told her a year later when she came to tell me that she was pregnant, I told her my story. And then we all went out to dinner and I told my youngest sister. So the weird part of the story is my parents do not know. She has a grandmother who is nearing the end of her life, which has been a huge factor in her not telling her parents. Her grandmother is extremely old school in her beliefs and wouldn't have quite understood the situation. And now she's sadly not completely with it anymore. So Crystal feels like it would just 
add extra unneeded stress to her grandmother and her parents, for that matter. At the time, being emotional and going through this life-changing decision and all of this, I didn't need the extra drama. And I love my mom, but she has no short of telling you her opinion and trying to, you know, make it known how she feels about things. And I knew that had I told her that was my decision the entire time, she would try to talk me out of it, want to keep the baby in the family and this and that, which I completely can understand. I just knew in my heart that that wasn't the right decision for me or for him. So I just felt like it would be easier to not have to deal with that. My husband knows, my kids know, everybody knows except for my parents. (laughs) So how do you tell someone this huge, shocking, potentially life-changing news? Maybe let her listen to the podcast. Be like, hey, you need to hear this story. (laughs) Not having your family during vulnerable times can be lonely and overwhelming. Crystal was lucky to have really good friends to help her through her pregnancy. One in particular was an adoptee herself. So my friends would probably be the biggest support system. One of my very best friends was adopted as a child. She was the only one that knew throughout the pregnancy about everything that was going on. And she was just awesome. Like It was invaluable to be able to talk to her and get her experience. Because as a bio mom, you know, one of the things you worry about is, well, is my kid going to grow up and hate me for giving him away? Sorry. No, it's okay. And so being able to talk to her and hear her experience and her feelings made that decision a lot easier. Crystal's friend was there for her in a way no one else could have been. She said she was just so thankful to have her there to talk her through some emotions and feelings she was having off and on. And she was even at the hospital when Riker was born and has been there for Crystal after the fact and up until now even. We've personally gotten to know her over the years as well, and I can attest that she is an awesome and beautiful person. I don't know. It's just a really unique experience that two sides of the spectrum can go walk through the same journey together almost. So it was really, it was really awesome. It still is really awesome. (laughs) Everyone's story is unique and different. Some people have a hard time and struggle through the process, but not Crystal. I asked her if there was anything she would change about the process. No, I mean, not really. The process itself was pretty easy. Um, My caseworker got in touch with me and, you know, she stayed in touch with me. She helped me, you know, always was asking me if I needed anything. I love the idea that you guys came down and I got to meet you beforehand and we got to sit and talk and everything's been very open. Communication's been very clear. You know, I've only gone through this one time, but (laughs) uh, I thought it went pretty smoothly. Especially considering some of the horror stories I've heard about adoption since then. So our adoption with Crystal is considered an quote-unquote open adoption. And in the beginning, she wasn't sure if that's really what she wanted or not. She was maybe leaning more towards a semi-open or even closed. So I asked her how she feels about having this much communication and contact with us and with Riker. So that's a huge thing. Like, it does make it a lot easier, too, because... Not only do you get to see how he's growing up, but it really does make me believe that I made the right decision for him. And then it really was God's plan because 
I see things that you guys are able to provide him that I know I wouldn't have, you know, like just the patience and the time and the stuff that you can put in with his education and his sensory issues and things like that, that having a struggle and raise three kids by myself, I wouldn't have been able to do that. I know that. And so it doesn't, you know, necessarily make me less of a parent. It's just things that in my situation that are constraining that aren't in y'all's. And so it's just little things like that and seeing the way that he thrives, just know that that's the best decision for him to make him the best person that he can be. I think it is more a sense of peace. It, I don't see him as my kid. To me, he was always meant to be yours. That's just how I feel. That's just how it, it just feels inside. So, like, I love being able to go see him, and it reminds me that I was able to do this awesome thing. But it's not like, it's yeah, I definitely feel more peaceful than I feel like I'm losing him all over again because I never really felt that. I never felt like he was meant to be with me. I don't know if that sounds weird, but it just maybe that's just the way God put my heart at peace. The day had finally arrived for us to all come together at St. Anthony's in Oklahoma City to greet Riker Mason as he made his way into the world. We were excited, nervous, and beyond anxious. So I wondered how she was feeling. You know, I, I was just ready. I was just ready for this part of it to be over and for you guys to get your little guy and for me to be able to just kind of move on. Like, so I, I was pretty at peace with it, you know, and I'd already had two. So I've kind of been through that motion before. I was kind of energetic and just ready to go. Let's get this done. <laughs> it's showtime. She had her two really good friends in the room with her. She also allowed Johnny and I and our really good friend to be in there too. We had a blast just hanging out, laughing, joking, and getting to know each other even more. I asked her if at any time she felt uncomfortable with all of us in there. You know, it really wasn't ever uncomfortable. I mean, you kids were great about it. And having them there with me helped, too, because I wasn't just by myself with virtual strangers. <laughs> and the doctor, like, I have to say that he was awesome. Like, he was so into the whole situation. And he knew because I had explained to him before. And when he came in and, like, it actually got to that time and he's like, y'all get in here. Come on, get closer. And I'm thinking, hey, party in my bed. <laughs> like. It, it like it never really was uncomfortable. I was glad that you guys were able to share in that moment and be there from the beginning because I knew that would be something that you would hold on to forever. And we do hold on to that. It is something we never got to experience before that and we never will again. We weren't there at the birth of our other two children. So this was very special for us too. And I agree. The doctor was fantastic. After Riker was born, we all just hung out in the hospital room together and took turns holding him. The nurses would come in and ask her questions about Riker, and she would constantly have to redirect them to us. It became a bit of a joke after a while. They even handed her his little footprints and asked her to do her fingerprints to take home as a little keepsake. She, again, said, they are his parents. I had already said this on our story, but she got to choose the name for his birth certificate. She wasn't insistent on it or anything like that, but I really love the symbolism of birth mothers and birth fathers 
naming the baby and then us choosing another forever name. It always gets finalized and a new birth certificate is given at finalization anyway, so why not? We of course always called him Riker though. There is a lot to consider about each side of the adoption triad. I asked Crystal what advice she would give to someone considering placing a child. My first advice would be have someone that you can talk to. Like, you know, if you're a situation like me where you don't really want to tell your family or you feel they're going to be too judgmental, that's okay. But have someone that you can talk to, that you can bounce ideas off of, even even if they're just in there listening to you. Like, that's huge. Do research. Don't let the horror stories scare you. Talk to people that have gone through it, you know, like... Like I said, my situation with Orb was awesome, and I would definitely recommend talking to someone who has been adopted to anyone that's considering that, because I think it would really help calm your fears about some of the things that bio parents worry about, you know, like I said before. So that that would probably be my biggest advice. And listen, listen to your gut instincts. Don't worry about if people are going to look at you as a bad person or think you're a bad mother or, you know, all those stigmas that can go along with it. In our hearts, we know what's right, and you have to listen to that. So there are many different terms that people use when talking about biological parents, but I know that some terms can be offensive to some. So I asked Crystal if there was a term she preferred over another. Not really. I mean, I call you guys my baby mama and baby daddy. So yeah, I call you my baby mama too. <laughs> so I don't. I mean, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> So, yeah, it's a little unconventional, but we call each other our baby mama. I do not recommend it for everyone. We share very similar sense of humor, so this is what works for us and our unique relationship. With her living in a different state, the way that we stay in touch is over Facebook. So I was curious as to what she enjoys the most about having so much access to Riker. Again, mostly via my many Facebook posts. He's so freaking smart, and I love being able to see all the things that he's interested in. Like, that part of it reminds me of Noah a lot, because he was very bookish, um, or is. Uh, he loves science and video games and computers and taking things apart. And So it's interesting to see him as he grows and the little traits that remind him of, you know, either my kids or me, or just like, oh, you know, like... It just kind of reminds me that I got a little bit in there. I always ask the people I interview if there's any piece of art or literature or a song that reminds them of their situation. I will say, I don't know if this counts, but one of the things that always kind of hits me when I'm just randomly watching TV or whatever is when Phoebe has her brother's triplets. <laughs> and, she, and she's telling Rachel, I want to keep one. <laughs> Such a terrific thing that you're having these babies for Frank and Alice. No, it is. Yeah. Can I tell you a little secret? Yeah. I want to keep one. <laughs> that kind of always cracks me up. <laughs> okay, so we can all agree that friends can heal and help us through any type of situation which is why it is the greatest show of all time. I mean, could it be any better? My final question for Crystal was if she had ever had any regrets. I also asked her what she did to get through any rough times she had with this. Never. I never. Once I made that decision, once I had kicked you, and honestly, once I met you guys, 
I never had that second thought. I knew it was the right thing to do. Her was the biggest thing. That was, you know, just getting my insurance and having God put that piece in my heart. That That's really what got me through the most. Wow, we are so very lucky to have such an amazing baby mama. Keeping in touch and staying open and honest with each other has been the key to our success so far. It's no secret that I'm a huge proponent for open adoption. We are proof that it can work and can be extremely healthy for the entire triad. But specifically for the adoptee, as they are the only ones who have no say in who their forever family will be. Riker has his own story to tell. I don't know what that is yet, and I'm not sure if he even knows, but I can tell he is starting to write it. He is asking more questions and being more open about certain feelings surrounding his adoption. We got this book recently called My Fairy Birth Mother. It is written by Avery Hunter and Mary Huron Hunter and illustrated by Danielle Dewar. And it is a keepsake storybook for birth parents, adopted children, and their families. Riker and I have recently read it and I had him look through the book and kind of pick out some snapshots that he felt resonated with him. So here is Riker reading these words for you and to his fairy birth mother. You are the one who gave birth to me, then made a big decision that set me free. I have a body that came from you and the life I have because you knew. You could not give all you wished for me. So through adoption, it was agreed I'd be raised with enough and parented well, surrounded by love and a safe place to dwell. You wanted for me to grow up healthy and strong with all that I needed to be cared for my entire life long. This choice was not easy or made without loss, but no one gets through life without hurdles to cross. Belonging in my family and believing in you helps my world make sense so my dreams can come true. For as time unfolds and I move through each year, I become wiser, your existence more clear. With purpose and promise, you delivered and flew. From your sacrifice, and with strength and support, I grew. You are mine and I am yours. We belong to each other and each to another. My beautiful, brave, and beloved fairy birth mother. Thank you for listening to this special bonus episode today, and thank you to Crystal for sharing your story. It was fun walking down memory lane and reminiscing about one of the best days of mine and Johnny's lives. Also, happy birthday, Crystal. I hope you have a wonderful day. Tune in on Monday for another episode. Remember to rate and review me on iTunes, hopefully with five stars, and subscribe so you never miss a story. Find me on Facebook at the Art of Adoption Podcast, on Instagram at Art of Adoption Pod. You can listen at artofadoptionpod.com or email me 24-7 at artofadoptionpod at gmail.com. You have questions or want to make a statement or sing a song? Call 720-722-2839 and leave me a message. You may hear your voice on an upcoming episode. 
theme song was written and produced by David Other. Find him on Facebook or at davidother.com. Artwork, production, and editing by me, Amber Way. And as always, take care of yourselves. Nothing in nature blooms all year long. So this year, make sure to give yourself permission to pause. <laughs>